Hey there, A-Holes, and welcome back to another episode of A-Hole Design Podcast. I'm Emily. And I'm Elise. And I think this is the fastest we've ever started recording from talking. <laughs> yeah. Usually, Elise and I catch up on our own for like 45 minutes before actually recording, but it's true. It's someone's true. busy tonight and has other priorities besides <laughs> me. Oh, yeah, that would be me. <laughs> um, so we hopped straight into it. Today, we're going to talk about, well, actually, I'm not going to talk about anything. Elise is going <laughs> to talk about her experience in real estate, how she got into it, what the process was to become a real estate agent, what her real estate li- real estate agent life looks like, and yes. how it relates to design and things like that. Because we have a couple people listening who are interested in both and have asked us questions mm-hmm. about how they relate. And I believe you're renewing your license soon, right? I have another year. Oh, you have another year. It oh, lasts okay. two years, so. Oh, I see. Things that we're all going to learn together. I don't know anything about this. I have questions that I'm going to ask along the way. And then, yeah, Elise is going to educate all of us, which is really exciting. Yay. Yay. But first, of course, someone went somewhere this weekend. Me. You. I went to New York City. And if you guys follow us on Instagram at a whole design podcast, you would <laughs> see that I did an Instagram reel about. Uh, walking into a retail store because of our last episode if you guys didn't listen and that was actually a little more difficult than I thought because I don't like recording and I feel weird when other people see that I'm recording and then they feel weird (laughs) and then they're looking at the camera like I know it's like I had to crop (laughs) out like direct contact it was so weird uh so yeah so just go like that video it already (laughs) has like the most views of our reels yeah yeah, besides the Halloween one, but that's just because I use like a generic uh, sound. Like the sound, yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm going to go look now. Okay. But continue. And then, continue. yeah, so we went to the Empire State Building. We did Rise New York, which if you've mm-hmm. been to Disney World, is exactly like Soarin', that ride. Oh. But it's above Disney, or it's above Disney. <laughs> it's above like New York City and it goes through, you know, Central Park, above like all of the skyline, around the Statue of Liberty, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So that was a really cool thing. And you walk through kind of a museum and you see the friend's couch. You see some of the late night host like desk setups and stuff. Oh, I took a picture. I should post it because I they have a mic in front of it. And I sat at the desk and I was like, look at this, Emily. I'm a professional podcaster now. <laughs> Lorenzo has that photo on his phone, though. So I'll have to oh. heckle him for that. Grab it. Yeah. Need it. So... I guess the highlights of New York City, really quick, were we went to the Met. I love it. We all spent three hours and we didn't even see everything. <laughs> oh, we should do. But that. we were Next both getting I'm hungry. Like... Yeah. yeah. So, yes, we should. We would definitely get. We I don't know. It's just really cool. Like we could probably have a sleepover in there three times. <laughs> And they had a Frank have a Lloyd Wright house replica. Oh, like where you walk—not the whole house, but like you know when you yeah. walk into the room, and it's, and it's like all staged. set up exactly yeah. the same. Yeah, so they had that for Frank Lloyd Wright, and I was freaking out. And Lorenzo was mm-hmm. like, "Who's that?" I was like, Ugh. "He doesn't get he, it. He, he doesn't, doesn't get, get it. it. He, <laughs> he doesn't get it. it. The girls who get it get it." <laughs> honestly, uh, so that was really cool. And then at the mm-hmm. Met, there was the best part. Honestly, wasn't even an exhibit. It was. The fact that we went to the store after and we got these really cute glassware set, like four, pa- uh, four, uh, blah, 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 like, a set of four. Yeah. And they're mini, like ember colored, like chalice looking, but they're sh- like short little versions. So oh. I was like either shots or <laughs> very fancy shots, sophisticated Aww. shots uh-huh. or like an espresso. Ooh. But this is what made me so happy. And Lorenzo, if he's listening to this, well, when he's listening to this, is like, girl, you have told the story a million times. And I know. The glasses were originally $125. Damn. Guess how much we got them for? Less than that. <laughs> we could get. <laughs> no, imagine. Thanks. I'm like, I want to pay $200. <laughs> um, 80 We paid $10. How? And they're like a thick, nice glass too. How? I don't know. Girl, it was just a really good sale and they were just kind of get rid of it. Were you going to buy it for the $120 and you're surprised or did you know it was on sale? No, no. We knew it was on sale. Oh. It was on like a table. No, I wouldn't just buy glasses. But I was like, it's only $10 and 
Lorenzo wanted to get even more and then sell them for higher, but I was like, but we have to bring them back on a train and like carry them through the city. I don't want to do that. Mm. So we just got the four pack for us and they're really cute. Aww. And yeah. So that was that's like the best part of the trip was getting that uh-huh. good deal. <laughs> so yeah, New York City was really fun. How have you been? Good. Doing swell. Feeling I feel like I'm in my fit girl era. We love. I feel like just like really good about my routine right now. And I'm always really excited to go to the gym. And I'm not eating like completely clean, but like I'm eating happy. Like, yeah. yeah. Like just right now, to your body, currently, kinda. like portioning myself. Yeah, yeah. Like portioning myself. So just like I feel really good. And like the last time I think I felt this good or like leading up to being this good was probably during covid and that was the fittest i've ever been in my entire life and i loved that so much but like i really needed the time off i think to keep the lifestyle that i was living at that point yeah so um that is no longer attainable which is okay but i always just want to be that version of myself again so Mm -hmm. it's also hard you know what i mean yeah so currently feeling really great my story i'm so excited because i had a realization today and elise is gonna laugh at me really hard i'm ready (laughs) i realized this morning actually it was like not even this morning it was like three hours ago when i was leaving work i was like (laughs) thinking about it i was like wait a second easter's around the corner and i was like wait a second cadbury eggs should be in store i should be able to go buy cadbury eggs and cadbury eggs like the chocolate cadbury eggs are my Mm -hmm. favorite candy in the entire world like my absolute favorite version of chocolate my favorite version of candy (laughs) but you can't buy them outside of easter season so i always like i pound my face with cadbury eggs guess how many bags i bought at the store today i went to target immediately after work and i bought Multiple bags. I'm scared. Yes. Wait, like a reasonable amount or the amount if I saw you um, doing it, I would be like this girl. Well, I think it was a reasonable amount, but it, you may have a differing opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Six bags. No, I bought less. Oh, okay. Three? <laughs> I got three. <laughs> That's not bad, girl. I thought you were going to say like 10. <laughs> no, I restricted myself, but they weren't that expensive and they had a whole lot. I should have bought more, but um, I have three bags of Cadbury eggs and I've eaten half of one since I got back from shopping an hour ago. <laughs> There's a and really I'm good recipe really with like crushed up the, when you crush them up and then you put them like on top of like a sugar cookie. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, but you have to get the really like <laughs> probably not good for you ones that have like the print on them for each season. Mm. What's it? Pillsbury? Yeah. Yes. Or Cadbury? No. Pillsbury. Uh, yeah. yeah, Pillsbury. The Doughboy. Yes. yes. I found it really funny. So I got that at Target today. And I also went and I got um, tanning drops because I'm feeling <gasps> very pale. I'm feeling very winter pale. Which the is tanologist okay. ones? Yes. Those are the ones I use. I love them. You know, Tanologist is the best. Um, I get the drops because I love mixing it into my body cream and then it's just mm-hmm. like natural and I don't have to like worry about my sheets and everything else. But True. I feel like that's a hassle for all the girls that I know that do the regular foam mm-hmm. tanning. It just seems like a lot of work. It does. And, and then like, the girls that I know that get professional spray tans seems expensive. So I'm just going to yeah, do the drops. I'm, I'm just going to my, my keep it drops. simple. But I found it really amusing that my little tube of um, tanologist drops cost mm. the same as the amount of chocolate I purchased today. <laughs> oh like I spend equal amounts on both. It's called balance. <laughs> the tan and the chocolate. It's all you need in life. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. <laughs> a queen. Uh, but that was really fun. I also have a PSA for all the people because I'm currently, me and my boss are currently looking at starting to get NCIDQ certified and taking the tests. And I just want oh, to your share boss this. Isn't? She's not, no. Oh, okay. But we're looking at doing it together and like studying and stuff. And oh, this uh last week she and i met with someone who actually works on or she's been on the ncidq board for north carolina and like she's there's uh she works at a uh, college near us 
And she's the college contact for their design program for the NCIDQ certification and stuff. So we wanted to ask But she's not even certified? No, 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 no. My boss is. We met someone else who... Wait, my boss is not. We met someone else who is and works on the board. Oh. For North Carolina. Okay. Um, I was very confused. (laughs) But she was like a work connection that we'd had from something else. And we just had questions because we have to get a sponsor and all of this stuff and like our hours. Mm. We wanted to ask questions. But just so everyone knows, um, the test is going to change next year. Um. And so if you're interested in taking the NCIDQ exam, and if you have not applied for the exams, like not even like signing up and paying to take the exams, literally just apply to take the exams and you'll be grandfathered in starting, I want to say it's in February of next year, or maybe it's the end of this year. I can't remember. But they're changing the requirements for the hours that you need, and they're going to start requiring so many hours in different categories, and you have to prove that you've earned those hours in every single category. So you're going to need like 600 hours of construction docs, and then you'll need 600 hours of like design work and like schematics. And so then you'll have to like prove how much for each, which is right, which right now it's currently just you need X amount of hours total. Right. So it's they're trying to make it harder for people to get the exam. But if you apply to take the exam now, you don't have to take the exam now. But if you apply to take it and don't pay to take the exam, you'll be grandfathered in. So your hours, you won't have to recount. So what Just if so I paid knows. last year, though? You're grandfathered in. Oh. You should okay. be grandfathered in because you have what? It's like you have three years to take it or to pass. Okay, okay. I believe after you pay for it, depending on how you did it. Um, right. Did you just pay for the first one? And then, um, or. I don't remember. I'd have to look, I guess. Mm-hmm. I'll look into it, though. That's a good PSA. I think you're grandfathered in, though, because you already applied to take the test. Right. So. I think it's also interesting, though, because I know that definitely limits it because, like, you don't do construction documents with I your know. job. I wouldn't be able to do Yeah, I won't be able to do it with my job at all. So, and I know a lot of girls who don't do that mm-hmm. stuff. They're trying to make it harder, for sure. Interesting. I think because she was trying to explain it to us, and it has something to do, I think, with like pushback from architects. Okay, I that think makes sense. because designers are starting to have capabilities of signing off on documents mm. that you'd usually need an architect for. So they're trying to make it harder, the same way that it's harder to become an architect i got you something like that i'm not 100 percent sure but basically moral of the story if you haven't applied to take your ncidq exam test and you're interested in doing it literally just apply to be eligible you don't have to yes, take the exam yeah. you don't have to pay for it but just so that way you're in the system and you're grandfathered in yeah that makes sense we mm-hmm. love it yes but i wanted to share that with the crew Ah. Uh. Thanks, girl. Mm-hmm. Thanks. From all of us. <laughs> <laughs> that does remind me, though. Okay, yes. quick little thing. I found a influencer that I actually like because she does interior decorating, but she calls it interior decorating. Oh, I love that. Thank you so she much. She calls herself an interior decorator slash creative director, and she is really good, but I just love it because I was I stumbled upon one of her reels, and she was saying that she was hired to decorate this space, and she had never decorated like this before. But again, the keyword being decorating, and she was not calling herself a designer, and I really just want to praise her. Mm-hmm. For being That's awesome. Queen. <laughs> Do you even want to like, like, give her a plug? Oh, I can't. I can't pronounce her last name. Oh, but her first name is Danny. Oh, I'm that's so assume, cute. I'm gonna assume it's Claric, Cleric, Clar. I'm gonna send you her reel, and then okay, you'll just figure. You can say <laughs> how you think it would be said. Okay. Yeah, but then I'm she has Clark. like an accent over. Oops. <laughs> Oh, wait a second. I think I've seen her before, actually. She has an accent over her C, though, in her bio, so I'm not sure what that would make it sound like. Yeah, maybe Clarek. Yeah. 
I don't know. She's so Anyways, cute, oh my gosh, she's adorable, and Good she doesn't say that she's a designer, and I love her officially. <laughs> All right. Are you ready to talk for a really long time? Yeah. I'm you ready. have your water? Yeah, I do, actually. <laughs> All right. So real estate. When did I become a real estate agent? Why? How? All these things, you know? Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the first question that I am asked. Like, why would I want to do a side job or a part-time job when I have, you know, the typical mm-hmm. nine to five. So the big why was kind of the obvious of money. Mm-hmm. I do not make tons and tons of money and mm-hmm. I wanted to dip my hand into real estate. And it's definitely not an easy way to make money. Let me tell you that. It takes forever. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I also For other reasons, I wanted to also make connections with clients because in commercial design, I really don't talk to clients too often, or at least if we do, we limit, you know, how often we go back and forth with plans because we don't, we don't get compensated enough to go back. Like people, our clients don't want to pay. You can only do so many revisions. Right. Right. That makes sense. So that's kind of difficult. And it's interesting because when I first interviewed with the broker I'm with, the brokerage, mm-hmm. uh, she asked, you know, why am I doing it? And I really didn't want to just say money, but she was like, it's okay if you can say – like, you can say money. A lot of people just do real <laughs> estate for money. I was like, oh, okay, then yeah. <laughs> because she said that a lot of people either retired or do it as a part-time job because they want the extra money to travel or extra money to do – to live the life that they want. And I was mm-hmm. very much in a – like understood that because that's pretty much what I wanted to do for it. Yeah, that makes sense. Or why I wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. So. Do you find that having like both jobs at the same time is like super challenging or is it manageable? Like do you feel um, like you're spread thin? Some it go- comes in waves. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I don't have too much. Right now the market is it's not really slowing down, but with budgets and stuff, it's slowing down in that way. Uh, so, so right now the market is still pretty busy in the more desirable school districts. Uh, so things are still going into multiple offers, AKA, uh, people are offering way more than what the list price is. So a Mm -hmm. lot of people aren't getting their houses. So the, one of the clients we're working with, I feel bad because they've submitted probably 10 to 15 offers and all of them have gotten rejected because of the school district they want to be in uh, is really sought after. So the people with money obviously win the houses. Mm-hmm. But it's also kind of outrageous. I mean, it's good for us as agents, but it's kind of outrageous how much more people are paying yeah. for homes that are definitely not worth it. So to put it in perspective, a two bedroom, one, one bath, two bath. Yeah, two bed, two bath house just sold for over three hundred thousand dollars. Oh my gosh! And it's only two bedrooms, and they weren't big. <laughs> that's frightening. Just to get into a certain school district, so mm-hmm. yeah, so that's why they're also choosing to also bow out of offers because they don't want to overpay for a house. Mm-hmm. So that is definitely making it difficult. But busy-wise, yeah, like in the summer when usually the market picks up because more people are moving and everything, Mm -hmm. uh, that is definitely more stressful because I have way more showings on the weekends after work, and that's obviously when I can do it because I am part-time. So those are when it's more stressful, but it's kind of unfortunate because summer is obviously when you want to be doing other stuff. Yeah. So that's kind (laughs) of just, you know, trying to balance it and figuring out you know, after my two years, do I want to renew my license? I don't know. Not sure yet. Yeah, to be determined. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So anyways, I got into quick summary of how I got into real estate was that Lorenzo played volleyball um, all throughout high school and college. And in uh, high school, he met someone who he went to college with funny enough they went to the same college to play Mm -hmm. and this friend's mom is a real estate agent and she is now my team lead because she's the one I grabbed coffee with and asked her you know all about the job so that's kind of how I got into um the brokerage and how I'm on a team because I am part-time okay so she does do a lot of the bulk work 
or bulk work. That's not a saying. <laughs> the bulk of the work. <laughs> um, after we do showings and contracts, she does all of the inspections and the contacts with attorneys and all that stuff. So really, uh, even though I think it's hard, it could be harder. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I recognize that. And then I just had to interview with the broker and have her just ask me questions about why I was coming into real estate and yeah it wasn't too bad of an interview it was kind of just a chit chat Mm -hmm. vibe very casual yeah what is the hierarchy of like how real estate is structured because like you and I have talked about it and like I know why you have a team lead and like what her role is and but like and I generally know like who the broker is but like how does that like if you were to look at like an org chart how does that layout to be like what is the roles so real estate agents are technically yeah independent contractors okay like tax wise and in general because you don't really have a boss your broker is kind of just someone to lean on and ask questions but not necessarily tell you how to run your business if that makes sense like my broker doesn't tell me exactly how many, you know, leads I need, how much client contact I need. She doesn't hold my hand and say, okay, now after ta- emailing the attorney, you have to go do this. It's kind of just they throw you in and you learn as you go. Mm-hmm. So in that way, the broker isn't really the boss, but you're underneath their company because you can't just work as a licensed realtor without a broker. Mm-hmm. And so that's why you kind of have to talk to them and stuff because an interview and get different uh, like rates because different brokers take different percentages of your transactions. Because technically, if you if I were to move brokerages, the quote clients that I have, even if they're like my cousin, they're technically her clients because I'm under her. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a weird mix of I'm on my own, but kind of not. Okay. Yeah. Because she takes a percentage of it. And then it's even a bit more complicated because I'm on a team. So I'm kind of the bottom of the food chain. Yeah. Then there's my team lead who does, again, a bulk of the work. Mm-hmm. And we have a split. So say she takes, you know, say it's 50 50. And. So she gets 50%, I get 50%. And then after that, then the broker takes whatever percentage they've agreed on mm-hmm. to take from you. And then you're ending up with your the check that you get. And it's kind of a learning curve, and I don't appreciate it because <laughs> this year I have to get an accountant because uh-huh. none of the taxes are taken out of my checks uh, for real yeah. estate. So I'm actually going to owe money, unfortunately, this year. Sad. So, yeah, that's also something to to consider and just take away, like, a percentage of that paycheck and just know that that isn't – it's, like, your gross pay, not your net. Yep. Okay. That makes sense. So that's the hierarchy of it all. And then I will quickly go through studying and stuff just because I've gotten a few questions from actually undergraduates now at Endicott about Mm – studying and stuff so i'll do a quick summary so first i signed up for an online course i signed up through the ce shop and it's a package like uh you can pick you know basic premium blah 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 i got the most basic and it was about 250 dollars. you need 75 hours minimum in a qualified education course which this one the ce shop is Mm -hmm. and it's actually so when I studied, it was 75 hours. Apparently, when I was looking it up the other day, changed to 77 hours at the end of 2022. Okay. Which, if you're a meticulous note taker like I am, I took like 125 hours. So it's definitely easy <laughs> to take it because uh-huh. the online course just monitors how long you're in there and that counts towards, you know, the hours. What kind of stuff does it teach you? A lot and a little, so it kind of just goes over very general real estate terms, uh, like, yeah, definitions, contracts, uh, property rights, uh, what your job as a real estate agent is and what it isn't, lawyers, and what was it, other things? Um, 
I can't even remember. It was so like broad and general that honestly, after the test, you kind of forget it and you don't really need it. It sounds uh, like school. Yeah, a safety. Yeah. So it was just a lot of it's a essentially like how much can you learn? And some of it I can like recall, like literal rights are rights to uh, lakes like that are touching abutting your property or any sort of you know water and stuff like that so Mm -hmm. some things i remember and some things i don't but then again you know you have the internet so (laughs) yeah true it's all good but yeah your license is good for two years but in those two years you have to do continuing education so i have to do another what 25 hours but it's not just 25 hours of anything you have to take one course in you know, it's like how you had in school, one gen ed, you know, five different mm-hmm. gen eds. So it's kind of like that. Gotcha. That makes sense. So I have to do that, unfortunately. And I've just kind of been waiting until I'll probably look into it July. And hopefully I've decided if I want to keep on going and then I'll start my courses then. Mm-hmm. So again, that's just courses you pay for online. You don't have to pay for a lot of like if I was full time and I didn't have a nine to five, I could 100 percent. uh take the free courses that are part of the local association that I'm a part of because they have, you know, a free course from 12 to two or 12 to three. And it's always obviously during the day, Of course, but I can never do them. So I'm just going to do, go back to the CE shop and sign up for a few of those courses that will count. Mm. But yeah, it took me about six months to study and take the final course and pass. I needed a 50% to pass the CE, each like the online final and then after taking or not 50 (laughs) that would be terrible 70 (laughs) percent okay and after taking that and passing that i signed up for the new york state license test which i there's not a passing score that i can recall and they don't tell you your score either they just post online if you pass or failed Mm -hmm. which is kind of nice because i don't want to know how much i passed by and i don't i wouldn't want to know how much i failed either (laughs) yeah true so that was 65 dollars for the state exam and then or for the application and then 50 dollars for the exam fee and then it's 65 dollars to renew your license every two years and then Mm -hmm. once i pass i had to pay to be a part of the local real estate association that i was just talking about that offers Mm -hmm. courses and then for access to programs and sites like zip forms which is has all of the possible legal forms I could need for contracts and then the MLS which is where I see all of the listings and stuff and that was uh $1,285 and then another $30 to get access to electronic lock boxes and set up an account so essentially before I even started and had my license I paid $1,645 pretty much yeah so it's definitely an investment in yourself and you know how much do you really want to do it after all that studying and all that money considering mm-hmm. that as well yeah do you feel so, like yeah. it's been worth it so far like how much you've made versus how much you've had to spend to even get your license and the studying and stuff like do you feel like it's paid off or is it just like enough to make it work um you know it's I mean? definitely paid off i've made definitely more than that but also you have to consider i don't get reimbursed for gas how much like that's Mm -hmm. also why i need a tech like an accountant because you can write off miles and i record miles if it's real estate related and i have to keep all my gas receipts and all that stuff Mm -hmm. so in that way i'm not really sure and obviously you don't get paid for hours so yeah uh, you know (laughs) so that's kind of i it's like one big payout at the end of each project, essentially. Right, right. And I don't know. I guess that's, I don't know. I, I It is nice to get the check, so I, I guess it's worth it. Yeah, but it's, it is, but it isn't. Yeah. I don't know. I guess we'll see when taxes come around how much I owe. <laughs> I guess Maybe. that'll be the real, the real teller. Do you think it would be do you think you would feel more fulfilled if it was like a full-time job as opposed to a part-time? Probably, but full-time then I wouldn't be on a team and then I'd have to find my own leads, which I know is a lot of cold calling and a mm. lot of stuff that I'm not comfortable with. Yeah. So, I don't know. 
Again, if you have more of an outgoing personality and you would love cold calling people and love getting to know people and are very spunky and can draw, <laughs> like draw other people's excitement out, mm-hmm. then go for it. But I'm just not that type of person. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. So, again, I do most of real estate thing related things either after work or on and on the weekends, not or on the weekends as well. <laughs> And most transactions take about six weeks from an offer being accepted to getting to the closing table, which is mm-hmm. why I think also people who think it's, you know, fast money, it's definitely not. Unless you have a lot of clients that just pay in cash. And even then, if your client as the buyer is ready with cash, it doesn't mean the seller is necessarily ready to move out yet. Mm-hmm. So that's always tricky. And so it's six weeks from your offer being accepted to going to close. But think about how I was just, just just talking about how we've had a client who has put in at least like 10 different offers and they've all been rejected. So we've been working with them for about six months, four or six months. Mm-hmm. So consider that as well. It's not, you know, it's six weeks from whenever they actually get an offer accepted, not counting all of the different showings we've done. Yeah. And... So that's definitely difficult. But again, it depends on budget. We had other clients coming up from the city that needed to move within, what was it? They needed, they had two weekends available for showings and they needed to find a house within those two weekends and we did it. But they also Mm -hmm. had a bigger budget. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it just depends on all that stuff. But yeah, six weeks about. So I don't really see, I see checks definitely not consistently. Uh, It's kind of, sporadic Mm -hmm. (laughs) and yeah so i've only worked with buyers i've never had to list a home which includes you know the staging the listing which is doing a market analysis and stuff to tell your clients you know this is what houses have sold for in within like a mile of your home with the same amount of bedrooms bathrooms a similar square footage and this is what they sold it for type of deal So I haven't done that and I haven't uh, gone to close for someone who's selling their home either. But I have hosted open homes for my team lead so that I get more experience and so that I can get us more clients who aren't already represented by a real estate agent. Mm -hmm. Open homes are super fun, but it is awkward as the agent because you're just kind of watching everyone walk around awkwardly and... Some people want to talk to you and some people don't even want to sign in because we're supposed to have people sign in and leave at least their phone number Mm -hmm. so that we know like how many people came in, like, you know, how much interest is in the house. Mm -hmm. And so it's definitely interesting meeting, you know, the different characters that come into a home. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Lots of personalities, I'm sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> do you find but it definitely that, works getting do you find that somewhere. open houses that like a specific type of home will attract a certain demographic of people or like age group or like anything like that? I'd say it depends on the school again, school district and how many bedrooms you have. Mm-hmm. And I think I was talking about it in design trends or one of the past episodes where to update homes and stuff we do tell people just to change out hardware and paint the kitchens Mm -hmm. i had a showing yesterday actually that was clearly someone who bought the house and wanted to like flip it yeah and this is why i hate hgtv because they have everyone thinking that they can just diy everything yeah because they bought this house in 2021 so only like two years ago and it was only like one hundred eighty thousand dollars. And they flipped it, and now they have it listed for three hundred, I think. Damn. And yeah, yeah, you'd think that, but the pic it shows nicely in pictures. But this is also why I do not recommend buying a home sight unseen. Definitely visit the home. Yeah. And people, some people also waive inspections in their contract to get their offer accepted. Do not waive inspections, <laughs> mm-hmm. because you never know what's underneath and all this stuff. Anyways, true. Uh, these people. definitely did the kitchen all themselves some of the side cabinets weren't even glued down correctly the flooring the tile along the edges of the walls were all cut uneven (gasps) 
So it was like all jagged. Mm. There was carpet, but clearly not glued or what's it like nailed down. It was just like laid. You're joking. No, just laid on it. And then they uh, they had extra carpet. It was a split level home. So they had extra carpet in the downstairs hall, but it ended abruptly and they didn't even bother cutting to the shape of the hallway. It just went up, up like up, up on the wall. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Sorry, my jaw dropped. Oh, my yeah. gosh. So, you know, with all the, the trends of DIYing. Of people. Yeah, I know. And then they had, what was it? It was a, maybe it was like a furnace. I forget. But they didn't even have a door to it. It was literally a hole in the wall and then a furnace. <laughs> I was like, what is happening? That can't be, like, code worthy. I know, but <laughs> I was oh, like, no. I'm like, okay. And then as agents, we leave uh, comments and ratings uh, to has how the showing went. Mm-hmm. And I definitely was like, we were not a fan of the <laughs> DIY projects because yeah. it's just a shame because to buy it for 180 and then not even do it the right way, but you're asking for $300,000. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would have rather bought it in whatever stage it was in originally and had it professionally done. <laughs> yeah, true. So, oh, that's fun though. Like that's one of the best parts is doing all the showings because I love seeing the different homes. Even if it's a, if it's a bad home, it turns into like a good story. I've been into some really creepy basements. <laughs> I've been into, I don't know, just some weird homes that I'm like someone's gonna jump out and murder me because it's just a creepy house and like sometimes lights don't work because sometimes it's you know homes that were on foreclosure or haven't been turned like it's an estate sale and the kids haven't been there in like 10 years and just let it rot (laughs) Mm -hmm. so just very very interesting Mm -hmm. uh so after showings once you know, a client determines that they want to put an offer in the house. The contracts are what really were hard for me to get right because there's a lot of numbers, there's a lot of dates, and then every transaction is also different with different contingencies and addendums. So there's the four-page contract, which has, you know, the price you're buying it, your clients are offering, Uh, what appliances they want or anything they want included in the sale. So that's typically, you know, washer, dryer, kitchen, or uh, what's it called? Fridge, range, stove, oven, you know, all that stuff. But -hmm. sometimes they won't include that if, I don't know, they really want their washer, dryer and are bringing it. But general rule of thumb is that if anything is nailed to the floor, ceiling, or walls, it's staying. So a good example is we, with a TV that's mounted onto the wall, we expect that you the sellers would take the TV but leave the mounting system. Or if they took it out, that they would fill in the holes and like spackle and repaint. Mm-hmm. So anything that would make a mark has to essentially be fixed or you have to leave it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the first four pages have all that stuff and the dates that you want to close and your agents. Uh, what else is even on there? Oh, inspection stuff. And then you have to attach also all of the disclosures, which is a whole other thing. And then uh, all the e-signatures, which is actually easy. Because you just, the program just sends it to your clients and then they just press like start e-sign. And then they literally just click like accept, 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 and then it's done. (laughs) Which Uh is kind of nice. So yeah, contracts are definitely more complicated and we usually like to do like a Google Meets to if they're like first time home buyers just to review and break down how contracts are and stuff. So because there's just a lot of ins and outs of it and then the disclosures so the big one is the property condition disclosure which is a it's like five or six pages and it's filled out by the seller when they list the home and it says you know how old the roof is what do they use for like an electric company do they use like national grid what's the amperage of their electrical panel um any damage that they know of and that's where you really have to look at have they you know had any issues with the home Mm -hmm. because that's where they would disclose any you know leaks uh 
any issues like that, mold, whatever. They also tell you what school district. This is also in the contract where you have, you would include, you know, property taxes, school taxes, and if you have any city or town taxes as well, depending on where the home is located. Mm -hmm. So there's just a lot to contracts that definitely I'm starting to get like I'm better at it now but when I first was doing them it would take me like a solid two hours <laughs> to do yeah, and now I'm definitely down to like an hour of doing it so she's learning yes it's a lot it's definitely I mean I feel good about real estate and then I'm like okay I can do it mm-hmm. like I get, I don't know, more confident and that's like, okay, well, even if I don't want to renew my license, it's like, I know I can do it. And I know, like, I tried and it's just, do I really want to, again, invest all that money that I was talking about earlier? Do you have to pay it again? Again. Um, I have to pay at least, like, the, I think it's, like, a pretty much $1,200 each year. Oh. Yeah, for... Which, again, though, for me being part-time, it's, like, a bigger chunk than someone who makes you know a bunch yeah. of money because they're a full-time real estate agent like they don't really see it as an issue because mm-hmm. it's like 590 for access to the mls and then it's like 690 for the association so yeah that's a yearly fee and then again for new york state just renewing your license is just 65 dollars. but if you um move or change your name you have to get like a new license that's like 10 bucks i think it's not too bad the state Mm -hmm. itself isn't bad it's just all the other things you need access to so yeah (laughs) yeah just a lot of things and then in 2022 we sold four homes and now pretty much when this episode comes out it would have been a year since i got my license and so far, we've sold six homes, so that means two have closed this year. Uh, one just a few days ago, and then another in January. And then I'm under contract with one right now that should be closing mid-March, which I'm excited about because this one is actually a transaction that I'm pretty much doing, not completely on my own, but way more independently mm-hmm. as the agent for the buyers because my team lead is working for the sellers. So I kind of had to do all the attorneys and the inspection coordinations and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, Luckily, there was no majors in inspections, so nothing too crazy has popped up. Uh, But knock on wood, hopefully closing goes well. And yeah, yeah, so that's mid-March. And then the reason why (laughs) this episode or... Emily was saying that I had stuff after is because I have to actually meet with my team lead after this and then talk about uh, different leads she's gotten us uh, for new clients. So again, being a real estate agent, you're never really off the clock, unfortunately, because clients can either text you homes that they want to see or ask questions, you know, 24 Mm seven and you have to be able to answer them and just, you know, be present for that. Yeah, you have to be ready. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much all about real estate that isn't too, I mean, it's, yeah, trying not to make it too boring or not going into like the nitty gritty because obviously not everyone wants to be a real estate agent, but mm-hmm. it's definitely takeaways, not easy money. Transactions take longer than you would think. And you have to consider is it worth the amount of money you have to put into it? And then also considering, you know, hours and gas money. And then you're supposed to get like, your client uh, moving in gifts at the end of it as well. Mm-hmm. And then you have to pay for business cards and you have, to, you know, it's just you have to consider all the things besides, you know, I just want to be a real estate agent. <laughs> yeah. So do you have any questions? <laughs> <laughs> just a few. Okay. Um, with what you just said of like people send you homes, do you feel like people send you homes or you find people homes more often or is it like a 50 50 split um we find homes so mls you can actually do a search and save that search and add a subscription so say you want a three bed two bath one car garage at least you know half an acre and yeah in a certain school district Mm -hmm. i can search that 
when you first tell me all of your criteria and then save that search and add a subscription. So the minute someone puts a house that meets that criteria on the market, I get an email and then I immediately send it to my clients. Gotcha. That makes so sense. that's like a nice perk of having that because we can also filter if I know my clients don't want a DIY project and then something that just popped up that email like that I got an email for is clearly it says, you know, needs some love. I'm not going to send it to them. Yeah. Sometimes clients will send us stuff, but it's usually when they have had like conversations with themselves or with family or with loved ones they that they themselves. want to <laughs> that they, like you know that they're like okay well this price point isn't working in this area i'm gonna start looking in this other area and that's when they send us you know different homes in a completely different town but that's only like two towns over then we'll you know shoot shoot out a text just being like hey did you notice that it was in this town do you want us to start searching there as well mm-hmm it's usually gotcha. when that something like that happens, but for the most part, I would say that we find homes first. Okay, that makes sense. Have you had all good client relationships, like positive relationships, or have you had any bad like experiences with people? And if you do, then like how do you deal with it? Luckily, knock on wood, I haven't had anyone too crazy. If anything, um just a few people that aren't great at communicating. So I've had a client who uh, scheduled an inspection but didn't tell me. And then the inspection people just showed up at the house. Mm-hmm. And I've, again, I work for buyers. So then the people who still live there were like, who are you? And then mm-hmm. it looks bad on me because they never told me. Even oh. no matter how much I reach out, it's just like, when I do get a hold of the client and they're they're fine and they communicate well, but yeah, reaching out in general, they'll be like, oh, yeah, I read that text. But they don't respond just to let me know, like, okay, like, I got it, read it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just like that. But then my team lead has been dealing with someone who is a nightmare because the seller is the is the seller who owns the home. They themselves are a real estate agent and they're an attorney. Oh, no. So they think that they know everything and granted they might know more but they're very rude about everything Mm. so she was just asking you know who do you want this deposit check sent to he said me and she goes you being like oh are you like she was very confused because she didn't know he was an attorney yet she was like uh oh are you you know are you the attorney or are you bringing it to your attorney Blah, blah blah and literally all he said was 35 years just do what i say what I know just so it's like you yeah. never know and then other people on our in our brokerage have told me crazy stories as well so it's definitely a thing but I luckily haven't mm-hmm. dealt with anyone like that yeah oh gosh yeah, so yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh that's scary yeah. all right I have three questions now I'll spit fire at you and they're all okay. like more design related okay um, okay has your design background helped you at all in real estate? Yes, like, because notably. when I do walkthroughs of spaces, I uh, kind of give tips on how they could make the space better. Okay. In the future, like take down this wall or do, you know, certain mm-hmm. things. Do you like tell that. people you're a designer? Um, Not usually. I just kind of give my ideas and then they're like, oh, yeah, that's good. And then. If they ask later and it comes up, but really, I don't like to say that I'm part time because who wants a real estate agent that is only part time? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Well, actually, no. I would. L- I would love to have you as my real estate agent. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I would need to. <laughs> yeah, I just like really don't. The last one. Do you feel like, based off of your experience as an agent and as a designer, and you know, like the workloads of both, do you feel like someone could be? both and do both as their own business and like would it be too much work or do you think it would be manageable like if i were to open up an interior design business as a real estate agent too yes like you would be an agent and it's like some kind of just hypothetically a contingency that like if you buy the house and you need work done then you would be the interior designer and you would see the project all the way through completion you know what i mean I think you would need a team. How many people? 
I think that, okay, if you didn't get a team, I don't think you could do a bunch of transactions at the same time. Mm -hmm. I think it would be more of a slow and steady thing. Yeah. Maybe you could do like three at a time, but I'd space it out so that they're not all at the same phase at the same time, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Um, But again, you have to be a really organized person because you need to know when they're going, each client is going through attorney approval, which, you know each phase of the real estate part and then what phase are you in in the design part too like have you ordered the furniture they want have you done you know test swatches and stuff like that Mm -hmm. so are you an organized person yes or no if you're not i would not suggest that and then i think if you had a team i think you'd need another real estate agent because if you need someone else who can do showings for you when you if you can't Mm-hmm. I think that's important. And then I think you would need at least another designer as well. But I would say to make it even a team of four. Yeah. Maybe because like one sounds... would be maybe like accountant as well. Mm-hmm. Would you need your own broker like within your company? Oh, that's right. Yeah. You have to, to be work classified. Yeah. So you first you'd have to get your brokerage license. Broker's license. Broker's license. Goodness. Yes. That and so once you're a broker, you can technically do whatever. Like you can, you don't have to obviously be under another broker. Mm-hmm. I see. How intriguing. Yeah. So I guess that would be the first step. And you can't be a broker until you're a real estate agent, I believe, for five years. Is there At a least benefit five years. to becoming a broker over a real estate agent? Mm. I mean, unless you want your own business, I would say no. I don't know how it works with if you can just act on your... I don't know if you can actually just act as your own without hiring other agents. Mm -hmm. As like if you were to get your broker's license and do that scenario that you were talking about. Or if you still need to act as a broker because you went and got your license and have someone under you. I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah. (laughs) I'm full of them. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Except for that was your last question. So That was my last question, yes. So if you guys are sick of me talking too freaking bad, <laughs> um, we love you guys and we hope that you enjoy this episode. And if not, I swear I do not talk this much in any other episode. This was definitely <laughs> a me-heavy episode so follow us on instagram to hear less of me and just see posts stop <laughs> at actually if anything podcast. on the instagram they hear more of you because you do all the reels true so it's your voice true follow the instagram anyways we love you guys and we'll see you next wednesday because that's when we because up- uh, <laughs> that's when we upload new episodes and we love you again. We'll see you next next year. Stop. I can't even do it anymore. I've talked too much. Uh, do you want we'll to see restart? You next week. No. Start. <laughs> no, I think this is me authentically. So they can just love me <laughs> as I am. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs>